Well, it's the new cord, and then also I fixed... You know how my computer was being stupid? Oh, yeah, because it didn't have room, it said. Yeah, it was because my battery was dead. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah, so I replaced the battery, and then I also did, like, a hard drive clean. And now we can actually record and get our voices out to the people. Yay! Yay, I bet they're also happy, sort of. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... It's been like two weeks, three weeks, two weeks or three weeks. It's been a long time since we've done this. I think it's been like three weeks. Yeah. Well, your computer was broken for a while. Yeah, but it's not now. And now we can kind of like get back into it. Yes, we can hop back into the rabbit hole. Nice, smooth. You sagooed very well. Thank you. Thank you. You're, You're welcome. We should introduce ourselves first, especially since it's been a while. Oh, yeah. Also, we hit 5,000 downloads. Woo! Hey, guys, thanks. You're all amazing. And I cried (laughs) a lot that day. That was a very beautiful thing to wake up to. Aww. Um, (laughs) So that's Kenzie. And that's Amber, the one that cried. Yes. It's normally (laughs) me that cries. I know. We switched up roles a little bit. (laughs) And uh, we are into the rabbit hole podcast. Yes. I said that very professionally. You you are on it today. I feel like you're wearing a business suit. Oh, thanks. I'm not. I'm wearing my pajamas as I always am Mm -hmm. during these quarantine days. Yesterday, I was like, oh, I've run out of pajamas to wear. I got to do laundry. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we are into the rabbit hole podcast. We tell each other stories from history or paranormal things or conspiracies. Yeah, just like lots of stuff that is really good, like party conversations, like icebreakers. Yeah. True stuff that, like, hey, you know. Did you hear about this guy? Or did you know that one time bats were used as bombs? If you don't know about that, go back to our previous episode. <laughs> Educate your sale. It's, it's a few episodes ago. I don't remember the number, but it's there. It's there. We have, we're at, I think, we're almost at 40 episodes, which I think is probably 35 more episodes than I thought we would ever do. Yes, I agree. Honest honest to goodness. But look at us. We're doing it. We actually are reaching our one year anniversary soon. We are. So do you want to tell me your story? I do. I am very excited for this one. It is long though, guys, and it is going to be an info dump, but I hope you prepared to get educated okay let's go i'm ready i'm so ready it's been too long (laughs) okay so i i know you've never heard of this one oh this is the story about a king of many titles okay so i'm gonna read this off it is there's a lot of words and names and pronunciations that i'm going to fuck up and i am so so sorry okay (laughs) Farouk was born on February 11th, 1920. At birth, his name was His Sultanic Highness Farouk bin Faud, hereditary prince of Egypt and Sudan. Okay. Later in life, his full title was His Majesty Farouk I, by the grace of God, King of Egypt and the Sudan and Sovereign of Nubia, of Kordofan and of Defer. Okay. It's interesting because it doesn't feel like this would be in the 1900s. (laughs) No, I know. Um, and every time you say Prince of Egypt, I'm just thinking of there can be miracles. Yes. Yes. Good movie. It's a great movie. Um, 
This is not a good movie. This is oh. a this is a insane movie. Um, <laughs> in addition to his sisters, Fazia, Faiza, Faika, and Fathia, he had one half sister from his father's previous marriage. Fod, which is Farouk's father, gave all of his children names starting with the letter F. Except for an- this half sister, we don't know. Oh, well, I don't know. I think it's an F. But his father was told by an Indian fortune teller, she told him that you have to name all of your children starting with F uh, to bring you good luck and good fortune. Oh. So he was like, uh, hell yeah, F's all around. (laughs) Now, (laughs) despite being a prince and and the next king, Farouk didn't have it as easy as we would think. They never do. They never do. Well, sometimes they do. He just didn't. He just needed a prince on a magic carpet to come take him for a ride and show him a whole I can show you the world. So King Fod kept tight control over his only son when he was growing up. He was very strict. He was obsessive and he was cruel. An example being that Farouk was only ever allowed to see his mother once every day. For only an hour. Ugh. Yeah. So a little, little, little backwards there. And poor mother too. Poor mother. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. Was it's... it a harem? Did he have multiple wives? No, he only had the one. Well, oh. I mean, he remarried multiple times, but. Right, but not at the same time. Yeah, I mean, you they had mistresses and such, mm. but only one marriage at a time. Okay. Um, he grew up in a very closeted world of the royal palaces and he never visited. So like as an example, he's the prince of Egypt. He had never visited the great pyramids of Giza until he became king, Aww. despite the fact that only 12 miles separated him. He really is just like Jasmine. I know. <laughs> behind, behind the walls. <sighs> His father, the sultan. Yes. <laughs> The servants were forced to get down on their knees to kiss the ground and then his hand as soon as he entered a room, even from a young, young age. That's what I make people do when I enter a room. That's what I have to do. Anytime you ask me to come over, I have to kiss the ground. Yes. And then my hand. And then your hand. That's just like normal, polite thing to do. Right. Especially for royalty. Yes. Exactly. Um, His father, if he, if, the servants would not do this. Uh, he would have them quote unquote removed. Uh, AKA so, killed. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I would it, die so fast in that world. So fast. So fast. Like, I'd so get there fast. and I'd be dead in like 20 minutes. Um, same girl. Uh, <laughs> aside from his sisters, Farouk had no friends when growing up, as Fod would not allow any outsiders to meet him. Oh, that's so mean. It is pretty mean. I think he was, I think his dad was probably thinking like, this boy's going to be king. I need him to grow up to be kingly and like strict and whatever. It's stupid. It's all stupid. Psychologically stupid. Plus probably didn't want anybody to get to him that could possibly kill him. Yeah. It's his only son. So there's Mm -hmm. no spare. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As a child, Farouk showed a uh, absolute love and insane ability for languages Hmm. he learned arabic english french and italian which were the only subjects that he excelled in (laughs) 
Many of his tutors would praise him, coddling his father's desire for a bright sun. But there were some tutors who later spoke out about the young prince's inability to write and form clear thoughts on paper. Aw, so he was actually dumb as bricks. Yeah, super stupid. Aw. Farouk was known for his love of practical jokes, a trait that continued on into adulthood, which I will talk about later, and you're going to be like, what the fuck? I have a feeling that these are not actually going to be, <laughs> like, good practical jokes. They're going to be mean practical jokes. So his dad definitely had mean practical jokes, like cruel practical jokes. He would glue, uh, like, gold coins to the bottom of a bucket and fill it with clear liquid and when a servant or somebody would go in to the clear liquid to grab it thinking that it's water it was actually acid oh my god they would burn their hands off so his their, his dad was super douche but like Farouk he was like eh let me tell you an example being when Queen Marie of Romania visited the palace Farouk asked her if she wanted to see his two horses when she answered in the positive Farouk brought the ho- horses into the royal uh, rooms which greatly displeased the two queens as the animals started shitting all over the place (laughs) he like he like he was like oh you want to see and mind you he was like 11 or 12 at the time he's like you want to see my horses and they were like yeah and he was like bring them in into the living room where all of these like expensive fur and these queens are just sitting eating tea and horses start shitting all over the floor he got a blast out of it okay more often he enjoyed like pedestrian hijinks such as knocking fezes off of the heads of court officials with well-aimed tomatoes and cucumbers um so he was I mean, like, that's kind of funny though he's like dennis the menace yeah i'm just picturing him like sitting on his throne like hey watch this to a servant <laughs> and then throws a t- tomato it's a, it's exactly. And then just tries to look around all innocently, like, yeah, oh, didn't do anything. Who's that? What was, man, tomatoes are flying everywhere. <laughs> his, his jokes were a whole lot uh, more harmless than his father's, for sure. But his father really uh, enjoyed the cruelty in his pranks. Farouk's Swedish au pair, Gerda Sorberg. Sjorberg? Sorberg? Okay, listen, her name is Gerda. Which is hilarious because the D&D character that I made up when we play on Saturdays, her name's Gerda, but it was, I made that up before I read this and then I read it. I thought I was clever. I thought I actually invented a name. And then here I go and I read this and I'm like, oh, God damn it. I was like, ooh, I'm so smart. Like, I just invented this name out of nowhere. No, bitch. I'm so dumb. Uh, (laughs) It's a Swedish name. It's a Swedish name. So I learned that. Gerda wrote in her diary. The truth doesn't exist in Egypt. Breaking promises is normal. Farouk is already perfect at this. He loves to lie. But it's amazing Farouk is as good as he is given his mother. Because his mother was like very devout and kind and gentle. And would, when they had their hours together, try her best to instill like manners and like morals. Might have worked if she had more than one hour a day. Yeah, but it didn't. It did not work. His dad's influence definitely, definitely started to show. Hmm. So while the young prince was getting really good at lying and prank pulling, he also had to contend with his father's strict ideas. These included keeping his son on a very, very, very strict diet. Oh, as he said, the father, his father said, our ancestors have a history of becoming obese quite easily. Oh, no. So. God forbid. 
I know. Like, way to set your child up for literal failure. Right. Now we move on later into his life as a young man. Okay. Farouk's closest friend when growing up, and later as an adult, was the Italian electrician at the palace. Now, they were BFFs, and he was a humble BFF because he was just a lowly uh, electricity. He was just a servant in the palace, but he was Italian. And his name were was they and- secret BFFs? No, they were legit BFFs. Oh. He was like, he was like, we would go hang out and... I'm just surprised his father let him. So here's the thing. The guy's name was Antonio Pulli. The king, his dad, was a huge Italian nerd who absolutely loved the idea of his son learning at a true Italian school. So he's like, you could not have any friends unless they are Italian. <laughs> exactly. The king, <laughs> the king of Egypt is like, Italy, dope. <laughs> And so his dad tried to set up his son going to an Italian school. And the first school he thought was like the Italian military school, which is, I think, like a boarding military school for something, I think. But the Italian military was like, oh, hell no, because he's stupid as fuck. (laughs) Um, So they tried to enlist him at Eton. And it was thwarted when Farouk failed the entrance exam. I'm not surprised. Eventually, before his father died, Farouk attended the Royal Military Academy in England. Mm -hmm. Somehow, England was like, yeah, we're pretty desperate for, like, anybody. This was gearing up. They probably got some money, too. They got got quite a bit of money, but at this point, I think it was in the the 30s. Mm, Okay. So they were like, yeah, yeah, we need allies. That's cool. Uh Prince of Egypt? Cool. (laughs) And even still... He failed his entrance exams twice to go to the military academy. And they still accepted him. Poor Farouk is just not good. He's, you know, maybe he's just not good at standardized testing. As we, I mean, we all kind of, it's maybe he has test anxiety. (laughs) He's got a lot going for. (laughs) Um, One of Farouk's tutors. Oh, I feel so bad now reading this. One of Farouk's tutors complained to the king that the principal problem with Farouk as a student was that he never studied and expected the answers to be given to him when he wrote his exam. Instead of studying, Farouk spent his time in London where where he went shopping, attended football matches with the Prince of Wales, and he loved to visit the many restaurants and brothels to be had. I mean, that does sound way more fun than studying. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if I were a prince... I wouldn't study either. Also, a prince who had been literally locked up in your in a palace your exactly. entire life. He's going to go a little wild. He's going to go a little wild. Like, a little butt it's crazy. Rumspringa. Exactly. Rumspringa. It's Rumspringa for the Prince of Egypt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that should be the title of this episode. There you go. <laughs> now, uh, his father died on April 28th, 1936 of a heart attack. And immediately, Farouk left England to return to Egypt as king. Mm. Upon landing in Alexandria, Farouk was greeted by huge crowds who shouted, Long live the king of the Nile! And long live the king of Egypt and Sudan! Those are long <laughs> things to shout. There is all- How about just long live the king? I, no, man. You gotta, <laughs> that wasn't enough. You gotta let them know specifically which king they're talking about. <laughs> So besides inheriting the throne, Farouk received all of the land that his father had acquired, which amounted to one seventh of all of the arable land in Egypt. Oh, wow. It's it's a lot. It's big. Egypt is very big. It's big. He's got one seventh of it. Okay. Now, I don't want to spoil anything, 
But Farouk's biographer, William Stadium, wrote, <clears throat> quote, Yet no pharaoh, no Malmaluk, no Khedive ever began a reign with such unquestionable, enthusiastic goodwill as King Farouk. And none was as unprepared to rule. Here was a completely sheltered, virtually uneducated 16-year-old <laughs> boy expected to fill the spats of his wily, politically astute father in a loaded tug of war between nationalism, imperialism, constitutionalism, and monarchy. Oh boy. So. <laughs> this 16- I have a feeling it doesn't go well. <laughs> quickly, the new, the new king started acting a fool. <laughs> Not surprised. He is a fool. Exactly. Uh, Despite being an Anglo-Egyptian treaty, he dismissed hundreds of the British servants from the palace, only keeping specifically the Italians. (laughs) He likes the Italians, too. (laughs) Well, of course, his best friend is Antonio. Exactly. Um, In walks a gentleman called Sir Miles Lampson. So this guy believed that together with the assorted other British officials, like the king's tutors, they could mold Farouk into an Anglophile, thus creating a stronger bond with England during these very uncertain, dangerous World War II times. I don't know. He seems to like Italy a little bit too much (laughs) to want to side with England. Yeah. Like, he definitely likes Italy. So, Samson Lampson's plans were derailed when it came out that Farouk was more interested in duck hunting than (laughs) any of the lectures and that the king had bragged he would have the hell quote have the hell with the British saying that they had humiliated him and his family and Egypt for long enough and I'm not sure I think something probably went wrong while he was in the English military school uh Maybe because it kept calling. Got called dumb or something. Yeah, probably more than once. Yeah. About Farouk, Lampson wrote that he did not expect to have a young, immature king on our hands. I frankly don't know quite how that problem is going to be handled. See, everybody, all the all the uh, top government officials and the monarchies, they were really concerned about Farouk because again, he was 16. But more than that. He wasn't exactly trained to be king. He was just a dick. (laughs) Now, Farouk was enamored with the glamorous royal lifestyle that he had uh, found himself in and the freedom that that brought. Although he had already had thousands of acres of lands, dozens of palaces, hundreds of cars, the youthful king often traveled to Europe for grand shopping sprees, earning the ire of many of his subjects. It is said that he ate... 600 oysters a week he had he would eat caviar out of the can and drink 30 bottles of soda a day a day day. and he didn't die well not yet i don't drink that much he loved fancy cars lots of food and partying party party god who could eat that many oysters i couldn't even eat one We gotta think his dad had him eating almost nothing for his entire life. Like when you deprive somebody of food throughout their childhood, they're gonna grow up to want to eat everything. That's true. So he was six foot tall and he was extremely handsome in his teenage years. Uh, Farouk was actually viewed as a sex symbol in his early years, making the cover of Time magazine as a leader to watch, while Life magazine in the article called the Abdeen Palace 
possibly the most magnificent royal palace in the world. And Farouk oh, wow. was the very model of a young Muslim gentleman. Oh. I'm going to send you a picture of him. Okay, good. I was going to say, I want to see what, what this man looks like. As a teen. This is him as a teen? Mm-hmm. A little bit older, probably in his, like, 1819s. Okay. He's not bad looking. Yeah. So, we'll post the picture so you can see. For sure. For sure. For sure. He was, you know, he was a little cutie. A little baby face, but a little cutie. Yeah, he looks like he's too cool for school. He well, I mean, thought he was. he was too cool for school. Yeah. Now, okay. There's a lot of political intrigue happening behind the scenes. A cousin who wanted the throne, the British government who was helping in a coup. But that's not any of the fun stuff that I wanted to talk about. There, I mean, I'm telling you, there was a shit ton of political stuff happening in the background. But I don't care about that. I care about (laughs) the king and all of his shenanigans. Okay. So, we're going to get into it. Although he was immensely rich, Baruch was, in fact, a kleptomaniac. (laughs) Of course he was. He stole everything that he fancied. He even specifically had taken pickpocketing lessons from a professional thief on more than one occasion just to learn the different techniques to pick pockets. Oh, my God. Do you think if he's, like, stealing from stores, he's got, like, advisors behind him that are going around and paying without him? (laughs) I would hope. I would hope. He doesn't seem like the type to want advisors around him, though. That's Um, true. Here's an example. Farouk. Okay. So he especially loved, like, official receptions and parties and, like, high political officers. Those were his favorite targets. He would pickpocket watches and wallets and cigarette lighters and and little stuff. Now, (laughs) here's the one that made him famous. At least this is the reason that I came to learn about him. There was a little blurb that said, oh, that one time Winston Churchill got pickpocketed by a king. And I was like... (laughs) What? That's weird. I've never heard that. Let me look into this. He stole Winston Churchill's pocket watch, a family heirloom, right out from his pocket while they were having a very important meeting on World War II. And King Farouk was like, like, NBD, no big deal. Not, you know, just sitting there. And then Winston Churchill is like, I won't let anybody leave this room. I will have my guard search everybody's pockets until we find it. And then King Farouk, like, tosses it on the table and he was just like eh, it was just a joke i just wanted to see if i could uh, <laughs> and then like he was like i always intended to give it back and I, I, my mind was blown i was like are you fucking kidding me this is a king this is a person of high political standing do you think they all started like anytime he had a party or anytime he was going to be somewhere they all started saying like make sure you don't bring your wallet or pocket watches Farouk is there I have to imagine so because honest to god after watching him pickpocket Winston fucking Churchill I would like I would be patting my pockets constantly being like is it right. is do I have do I still have it I will bring no valuables with me oh, this guy was bananas so Farouk's coronation held in Cairo on July 20th, 1937, outdid the coronation of what is VI? Six. Outdid the coronation of George the Sixth, which had taken place uh, that May. Oh, wow. So Farouk held larger parades and firework displays that had ever been taken place in London. For his coronation, Farouk reduced the fares on the Nile steamers, and at least two million Egyptian peasants took advantage of the price to attend his coronation in Cairo. 
<laughs> they were just like, basically, they just wanted a vacation to Cairo. Hell yeah. And he's like, come to my coronation. Specifically, I want it to be bigger and better and badder than uh, King Boy George over there. Reminds me of a certain president, but it sounds like this one, there were actual people there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like way, way big. It was huge. <laughs> For so huge. So huge. <laughs> Farouk's coronation speech was abnormally poetic and stunning. The oh, poor did he write it? <laughs> Quote The poor <laughs> the poor are not responsible for their poverty, but rather the wealthy are. Give to the poor what they merit without their asking. A king is a good king when the poor of the land have the right to live. And when the sick have the right to be healed, and when the timid have the right to be tranquil, and when the ignorant have the right to learn. Of course. Yeah, he did not write that. <laughs> we know that the king had never finished school and wasn't. <laughs> and I doubt he actually felt that way about anything he just said. Yeah. The speech had been written by his tutor, the poet, Prince Ahmed Hassan. Hassanin. Oh who felt that the king should present himself as a friend of the people to undercut the populist Wafid party. Uh, see, the Wafid party, that's like one of the political things that is like happening in the background. Okay. Which is not my business. <laughs> I take it back. We are going to get a little bit political later on. But for now, further cementing Farouk's popularity was the announcement made on August 24th, 1937, that he was engaged to Safina's Zulfikar, the daughter of an Alexandria judge. Hmm. Farouk's decision to marry a commoner instead of a member of the aristocracy uh, increased his popularity with the Egyptian people. Now, I took this whole next paragraph from Wikipedia because I tried to sum it up or to like short phase it, but it is literally too wild and I don't want to miss any detail. <laughs> okay, I'm okay. ready. Lay it on me. Okay, okay. The quote, the marriage of the king and a commoner was presented to the world as a matter of romantic love, but in fact, the marriage had been arranged by Queen Nazil, uh, which is Farouk's mom, who herself okay. was a commoner and did not want her son to marry a princess. Queen Nazil had chosen Zulfikar as her daughter-in-law because she was 15 years old and thus presumably could be molded and came Ooh. from an upper middle class family like herself and was fluent in French, the language of Egypt's elite. Zulfikar's okay. father refused to give permission for the marriage under the grounds that his daughter was 15 and too fucking young to be married. At least someone's sane there. Mm -hmm. And he decided to take the family on a vacation to Beirut. Okay. Unwilling to take no for an answer. Farouk phoned the police chief <laughs> of Alexandria who arrested Judge Zulfikar as he was boarding the ship for, Z for Beirut. And the judge was taken to the Montanzana Palace. Uh, at the palace, Farouk was waiting and bribed the judge into granting permission for the marriage by making him into a pasha, which a side note, pasha is like, you know how English has the aristocracy names like Duke and oh, yeah. Marquis? Mm -hmm. It's like that for Egypt. Okay. At his daughter's 16th birthday party, Farouk arrived with his fanciest fuck automobile. It's called an Alfa Rom Romeo automobile to propose marriage. And at the same time, because this is insane he renamed her farida because he <laughs> believed that the names that started with f were lucky oh my god farouk gave farida a check he's just like 
hey, we're going to get married. Also, we're changing your name. Literally. It has to start with an F now. Literally. Yeah. Also, your dad sold you to me. Yeah. Um, so he gave her a check for the sum equivalent to $50,000 as a wedding present and a diamond ring worth just as much for their engagement. Dang. 50 G's. So outside of the Ra's Elton Palace, when the wedding was announced, 22 people were crushed to death and 140 were badly injured when the crowd rushed forward to hear the news. Oh my God. End quote. That was all like the Wikipedia thing. Like he wanted a bride. He was, he was like, oh, you're 15. Dad said, no. Oh no, that's not going to work. I want this woman as my bride. Also, I'm changing her name. Also, I'm paying her off. Also, when I announced it, a shit ton of people died because YOLO, apparently. That's pretty crazy. He's only what, though, like 17? Yeah, he's not much older. All right. So at least it's not like a huge age difference. At least he's not like 40 and she's 15. Yeah. I mean, still, still gross, but. Not as bad because he's also a teenager. Yeah. And I know there was a lot of pressure on him to start having children. Yeah. Because a king needs to have babies, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I put this in here, but it was pretty funny. This fact is neither confirmed nor denied, so I don't know what to think about it, but the marriage was not consummated at first, as Farouk was apparently afraid of Frida seeing his abnormally small penis. (laughs) A matter which he was most sensitive about. Now, okay, all penises matter. Penis size beside, like I, like (laughs) big, small. It's you, you do you, and I'm not here to make fun of penis size. But he was sensitive about it. Also, there was an author who was his mistress, and she wrote a book. And in the book, it was just full blasting this penis size. Poor Farouk. Poor Farouk. So he didn't consummate it right away, but eventually they did because they had children. But before it's not like she had anything to compare it to. She probably wouldn't even know. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, Farouk had broken with the Muslim tradition by taking Queen Farida with him everywhere. Absolutely everywhere they would go together and he would let her go unveiled because she didn't want to go veiled. And he was like, yeah, totes. Like, we're going to go out to dinner. We're going to go for drives. You're going to sit with me next to me. Be with me as my equal. And you don't have to go veiled. Blah, 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 blah. So at this okay. point, you might be like, oh, this dude, ha- he's had it rough. And he seems kind of like a frat boy. But he's settling down. So maybe he's not so bad. But, but I would be wrong. Let me mention that he became, unfortunately, a little buddy-buddy to a very awful human being, Joseph Goebbels. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so much so that Lampton became very concerned that Farouk might be an Axis sympathizer. Ugh. Well, obviously, look how much he loves Italy. Loves Italy. All- now he's friends with Joseph Goebbels, or however you say his name. Goebbels. I say Goebbels. If it was Goebbels, that would just be too weird. Yeah. It's probably like Goebbels. <laughs> Goebbels. Whatever. We're American. We don't know how to pronounce it. It's fucked up. He's, he's the Nazi um, scientist for anybody who doesn't yeah. know. A very fucked up but, Nazi scientist. Yeah. I He's just got to become friends with Stalin and then he's there. He's there, right? So eventually, though, under All heavy... Of, uh, uh, dictators. <laughs> heavy. It kind of seems that way, doesn't it? 
Even though Stalin fought on, I mean, Russia fought on our side. Yeah. But not necessarily for good reasons. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anyway. Eventually, though, under heavy pressure from Lampson, which the Sir Lampson guy I mentioned earlier. Right. Farouk broke the diplomatic relationships with Germany in September of 1939. He was kind of like, yeah, 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 you right, you right, you right. But here's here's the fast and loose of what's about to happen. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. See, it wasn't as long as I thought. No, not at all. (laughs) Fast and loose of the rest of his life from this point on. He got divorced because his wife got too old. He remarried a girl named the Cinderella of the Nile. She was quite young. He seduced a 14-year-old girl, paying her parents to let him take her virginity. He he carried on drinking, gambling, and putzing around until the country was sick of his shit. Hmm. His eldest daughter, at 14 years old, actually became a spy, maybe to get out from under her father's regime. Who knows? I want to hear about her. (laughs) I know. Finally, and thankfully, eventually, after years, he was overthrown by that one political party that I had mentioned previously that was ran by his cousin because his cousin's like, this dude is bankrupting us. He is spending so much money on cars and uh, shopping sprees and unnecessary parties that cost millions of dollars. He is golfing. Golf, you know what? I would not be surprised. Wouldn't I? Wouldn't I just had to throw that in there? I'm seeing some like parallels that I wasn't expecting. (laughs) Anyway, so finally he was overthrown and his infant son would go on to be king. Oh, while Farouk and his new wife, who was beautifully blonde, big busted. And just, he said something like, uh, before they were married, he's like, um, don't show up and walk down the aisle unless you're 110 pounds or less. Oh. Yeah. So, like, really gross. But anyways, they were exiled to, drumroll please, Italy. <laughs> That's like his dream place. I know. And he still lived a lavish lifestyle after being exiled. So in the last years of his life, the ex-king kept on his gallivanting ways, though his daughter, Princess Ferelio, uh, recalled that in exile, he was actually a fairly loving father whose only rules for her as a teenager were that she never wear a dress that exposed her cleavage and that she didn't dance to rock and roll roll music, which he hated. Despite, or I'm sorry, during the 12 years of his reign as king of Egypt and Sudan, sovereign of Nubia, of Corfidon and Durfur, Farouk had impressively amassed more than... Okay, here's his collection. Listen to this. You know, he's a kleptomaniac. He was also... These are all the things he stole? He No, these are things he collected. Probably stole oh. some of them. But he had this, like, obsessive quality where if he liked something, he would collect it until, like, there was no... You know how some people collect um those... Funko Pop dolls. Yeah. This was him, but with like fancy shit. (laughs) He loved bougie suits, like gorgeous silk, satin, velvet, just the whole nine suits. He loved museum worthy collection of rare stamps, coins, and cars, including a Mercedes Benz 450K. Or 540k that Adolf Hitler gave him in 1938 as a wedding gift. As a wedding gift. <sighs> and he loved red cars, specifically. Red, cherry red cars. 
That's not surprising. You know, he's definitely, well, now that we know about his tiny penis, we know he's compensating. 100% compensating. <laughs> uh, he loved jewels, watches, and allegedly, my fucking favorite part is he has, he he's going to go down in history as the king who had the largest pornography collection including an <laughs> album of semi-nude photographs found under his pillow oh my god he has the world's largest collection of pornography that's in his title now that is one of his titles oh king farouk world's largest collection of pornography mm-hmm. he's known as the klepto king the fallen king the mad mo- monarch and many 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 other names but in the end He died as a result of his gluttony, alone, in debt, and exiled. And that is the history of the king with many names. But he was exiled to a place that he wanted to go. So is it really that bad? Right. (laughs) Right. He was... They're probably like, we are going to exile you. (laughs) And he's just like, okay, can I be to Italy? And they're like, yeah. All right. They're probably like, all right, we're going to exile you, but not kill you. So you have to pick, like, where you want to go. You have to pick where you want to go. <sighs> He's like, Italy, Italy. Oh, no. And they're like, well, that was easier than expected. I know. Okay, so here, I just sent you another picture of him sort of in his midlife. When he's yeah. old. Mm, he looks like a mobster. He does. And, like, it's funny how quickly he changed. Those are ducks, by the way, on the hood of his car. I realize that's duck that. hunting. Well, it's kind of like um, Stalin. You know that young picture of Stalin yeah. and how he was more handsome than anyone wants to admit. And then you see him later, and you're just like, oh, ew. I'm glad I got through that. I was very worried that it was just insanely long. It really wasn't. Okay, good. I felt like yeah. it was a lot of information. There was paragraphs of the political coup that was well, happening so underneath. Skipped- most of that and just kind of focused on the king and his antics right it cut down a lot which i'm glad i i didn't go into the political stuff but honestly this guy absolutely bananas i i keep thinking about him like how did he he get away with so long from just just how have i not heard of him yeah i've never heard of him either the king who pickpocketed winston churchill (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who has the world's largest pornography collection, who was BFFs with Joseph Goebbels and Hitler, the prince of fucking Egypt. The the klepto king. The klepto king, yeah, that was yeah. pretty good. That can be the name of the episode. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> the klepto king. What a weird, uh, what a weird What dude. a weird guy. Right? So there is speculation that he had like a hormonal issue that caused him to be particularly effeminate and just like not that's why his penis didn't grow. It's just like stuff like that. I mean like, he could have. It's just like you know how rich people when they're weird are referred to as eccentric? Yeah. He's just like the definition of eccentric. I feel like maybe it fits him more than any other eccentric person that I've ever read about. Right. 600 oysters in a week how that is crazy how much more eccentric can it get yeah that's uh, that's too much he had 
three brides and a ton of mistresses and had a passion for Italy, hated rock and roll, was just like so carefree. He loved gambling. Oh, here's another fun fact. He would go to gambling casinos right around closing time specifically because he knew there would be less people there, but then he would make them stay open for hours, which <laughs> is just like- He could just have the casino to himself. Yeah. And he loved gambling. Like his his- favorite pastime was gambling that's not surprising he's cuckoo and i like it the whole situation was cuckoo yeah i like it good i'm glad that we all learned something (laughs) (laughs) and it's nice because it's not a french woman for once i know and you know what i was like (sighs) i was like maybe we shouldn't do a person maybe i'll think of like a place or like a, a ship or something i don't know like get away from people and their really bad life choices and do a story about a place but then I just kept coming back to King Farouk and I'm like oh but his story is so fun I'm gonna tell it yes I'm glad you did I really liked that thanks and we didn't have to do it in two parts nope nope cool should I say where they can find us hell yeah all right so we're on Facebook just search into the rabbit hole podcast we're on Twitter and Instagram, rabbithole underscore pod. And we have a website, into the rabbit hole dash podcast.com. Is that right? Into the rabbit hole dash podcast.com. Yes. Okay. And then our email is into the rabbit hole dot podcast at gmail.com. And we got a super lovely review from Jennifer. <gasps> yeah. Um, and. We just wanted to give her a shout out because it really made our day. Oh, it made me so emotional. <laughs> Which has been it happening was so, so sweet. often. It was and we love hearing from it. And she also gave us some great uh, topic suggestions that we're definitely going to do. So if sure. you too have any topic suggestions that you would like, send us an email or a message on any of the social media. Yeah. Also, I really like that she pointed out our Midwestern accents, which I don't think we have. But I know I don't either. I was like, I was like, oh shit! What is what? What does our accent sound like? I know. I'm like, what am I saying that gives it away? (laughs) But then I'm also like, you know how we make fun of other, not make fun of, but we try to imitate other accents. Yeah, and we're so bad at it. And we're super, super bad at it. But I'm like, okay. What are the key words? Like, if we're saying Boston, like a Boston <laughs> accent, we say the word Boston. But, like, what does our Midwestern accent, what's the word that triggers it? I can't figure it out. So, if you have recognized any words that we say that really shows our Midwesternness, please let us know. I'm also one of those weird Midwesterners who say more Canadian type. Yeah, Amber definitely says words, words weird. <laughs> Yo. I'm gonna go drink some water. Some water. Yeah, with my dollar bill. Yeah. And my pillow. <laughs> and my milk. <laughs> I'm sure I say some words weird too. I just yeah. don't know what they are yet. So yeah. let me know because that'll be funny. Alright, guys, this has been into the rabbit hole. Yep. And we'll be back soon. Sorry, yeah. we've been a little spotty with our uploads. Yeah. But we, we're gonna try, damn it. For yes, you. we're trying. For all so of you. just listen to us and love us. <laughs> love us we now more than ever. <laughs> all right, guys, we'll see you later. All right, cool. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.